joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and I'm your host for today's program. One of the things that so many of us struggle with in life is temptation. And how does temptation lead us to sometimes rebel against God in service of our own vain desires? And how does this ultimately keep us from living a life filled with joy? There are so many points to cover on this topic, and I cannot think of a better person to cover this topic than our special guest today, Philip Elke. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Dev. I know I see you every week, but uh, what a privilege to actually, you know, I feel if you're okay with letting me on at least, you know, once a year or so, I'm I'm cool with that. So thanks, Dev. Yeah. No, this is great. Hey, I could have you on more than once a year. You are a thinker. You are a person who digs deep into the word. And what I love so much about you, Philip, is that when you're, whether you're sitting there, you know, pushing the buttons and making a sound goods, editing stuff, or actually coming out as a guest, mm. I know that it is filled with inspiration from the Lord. And it's something that's thought provoking, which today's topic is very thought provoking. Oh, I need an outlet for my inspiration. TMI, too much inspiration. <laughs> um, I love that. Too much although the other uh, definition of TMI will probably come through here as well. Who knows? Uh, yeah. we, we can overthink this topic a little bit. So well. you and I actually, you came up with the title, which is Going Astray, because we were talking about everything you were talking about. I was like, well, it's kind of about obedience. And you said, well, it's more than obedience it's about what happens when you go astray because when right when we're not obedient we can go astray yeah i mean uh i i think a lot of churches are reticent to discuss things like obedience and sin you know uh repentance that's that's something you know that certain people are more comfortable hearing or discussing than others including myself like i don't like talking about sin you know i i don't like hearing Anything that might even invoke feeling evoke feelings of you know condemnation or judgment, um, and and I think we have to be super. It, that's like kind of the million dollar question as Christians. You know, how we how do we ride that? How do we walk that tightrope? And honestly, in some ways, I feel like maybe we just shouldn't really attempt to walk that tightrope unless we can make that tightrope feel like uh, you know. We talk about the straight and narrow path as Christians, and and then people stray, you know, to the wide path. And, you know, part of that is like, well, how do we make the straight and narrow path feel similarly comfortable to walking sort of the wide, broad, you know, anything goes path? And is that possible? I mean, with God, all things are possible. So, really, the impetus for this whole conversation is like, you know, what makes us want to, to rebel? Yeah. And is there a way to channel that desire to follow our own vain desires into desiring, you know, God instead and the things of God, you know, the spirit? Um, and, and that's something that I've always been fascinated yeah. by. I, yeah, I love everything in this world that, you know, inspires me, you know, a lot of material things, but I, I feel like a lot of that inspiration, you know, ultimately I should credit that to God because he created me. Yeah, you know, I was just having this conversation with someone this weekend, and one of the things we talked about is you can sit there and look at a bunch of books on a shelf, but if you actually start narrowing it down to what is the major message and what are they really telling us, it actually comes back to, it's all inspired by the Bible. If you really stop and look at it, it's just 
put into different words, different contexts, different everything. But the bottom line is so much of it. Actually, all we have to do is go back to the Bible and it's right there <laughs> and it's fascinating. Yeah. So you came up with three critical points that you felt like we really need to talk about this. And I was curious, like for me, it's sort of like, yeah, what does make rebellion so enticing? That felt like a great place to start with one of your key points. Yeah, um, there's that initial temptation. Um, but then you know, after we kind of give in to the temptation, sort of become enmeshed with the things of the world, you know, that, that creates a sense of conditioning and that can uh, inhibit us from accessing God. Um, and, you know, how do we escape? I mean, the, the, the third point is ultimately the key. And, and that's what's so exciting, I think, about Christ and, and the, uh, redemption, the, just the sheer magnitude of his grace and, and providence. Um, it's, there's nothing else in this world as a, form of absolution that compares to and and here i i go i i'm okay with sort of you know doing the you know <laughs> you know i i guess uh i don't want to call it a drinking game but how many movie references <laughs> will i drop during this uh episode no but you know the the movie memento where it starts at the beginning and and certain avant-garde filmmakers will do this they'll show you know a a They'll do what's called media res and start the movie in the middle of the action or at the end, and then you know the, the rest of the movie be a flashback building up to that. And I mean, I, I'm comfortable saying just right out of the gate here that um, you know the nice thing about Christ is you don't have to reach very far for Him. All these other things we love about the world and the flesh and and these you know the cravings of our, our heart. Um, we, we often have to reach for them, and they cost us dearly. Um, that, not so with, with God. He is, is here for us, whether we like it or not, uh, whether, you know, and, and blessedly so. Thank goodness he is here um, within our reach, as long as we, you know, aren't conditioned to never do so. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, and one of the things when you were talking about uh, rebellion is that you were talking about how it's almost like this arrogance in its own way. It's like, oh, I'm going to show God how I'm like, oh, so powerful, so this or so that. And the reality is like, that is exactly what the enemy wants, right? Mm -hmm. Because that is this whole concept of, oh, somehow we think what we're going to tell God that we're better than him or what we're going to be better than him. I mean, that is, as you and I both know, when you get into the word, that's absolutely ridiculous that we would even think that. <laughs> However, that is that rebellious. It is, it, for me, I can almost identify if I even remotely start to dip my toe into rebellion, where I can see it in myself is that sense of like, well, let me just go do this and let me this and let me that. And and God just gently taps me on the shoulder and says, you're not doing anything without me. So back it up, sister. <laughs> he kind of gives me the little word there. That's good. That's good. Well, and rebellion, you know, can have a positive connotation. I've got my uh, Rebel Alliance water bottle here from Star Wars. And, you know, so... What I'm really talking about here, of course, today is rebelling against God. And what, what makes us want to do that? And, of course, it all goes back to the Garden of Eden, you know, the, the initial act of disobedience. But um, I, I love this verse in 
First Samuel, First uh, Samuel fifteen three. Um, I heard it in a church service a while back, um, and it just kind of stood out to me. It's like uh, referring to the rulers and um, of the ancient Hebrews, and uh, I think it's apt to compare the rulers of ancient times to how we live today, because basically we live like kings of, of yore with the luxuries that we have in modern society. Um, but um, let's see, the, um, do I even have the, uh, the verse written out here? Um, well, and, what I would say, it's in, and uh, 1 Samuel fifteen twenty three. Uh, when you look at that verse and we 15, get... 15, I've made a typo here on my notes. It, uh, sorry. No, no, it's no worries. Yeah. Um, so if we go to 1 Samuel 15, 23, one of the things that, that really stands out to me um, is this, for me, in a weird, it's this reminder that Jesus is the King of King and Lords of Lords. Even though that's yeah. not exactly what it says, that's the reminder to me when I read it. Uh, yes, for, here's the New International Version, for rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Um, so, I mean, what this is what has impelled um, Saul, right? Uh, <laughs> Lord's talking to Saul through Samuel. And, you know, Saul's in his vanity. Like, he's, he's looking to basically magic rather than, you know, divine providence, which... You know, it, it can be sort of easy to confu- confuse the two. If you're seeking wonders from God, well, and he's not providing those wonders, whether it be miracles or strength or anything, you know, the ability to overcome your enemies, you might turn to other means that are of this world because your vanity makes you desperate for that control. And that I've been desperate for control my entire life. But it's left me exhausted and left me with limited ability to actually have control over my life because I haven't been seeking that in the right places. I think you're bringing up something really important. And let's talk about that exhaustion. A lot of people are out there and they're exhausted. Mm. And I do think it's for some of those same things. People are trying so hard to control things that they are exhausted. Yes. And seeking God and allowing God to work in all these places can actually release that out. And, you know, God tells tells us, you know, rest in me. And I think there's something really, I think you're really hitting on something important with that. It's often just kind of the condition of how we live our lives casually. We have so much kind of convenience and luxury in, in our world. And it's it's easy to understand you know, why people don't even look to God, you know, the religious practice or anything. Um, they, it's just, you know, sort of a secular life that people live out. And, and even within, you know, the professed Christian community, you know, it's, there's not a whole lot of difference uh, that people necessarily see between, you know, the religious community and the non-religious. And so that it's like why subject myself to a bunch of like arbitrary rules because that's how they see faith and religion is just a bunch of arbitrary rules and not uh, not the relationship side of it because you know a lot of us who uh, 
profess to have a relationship, don't live it out like we should. But that's the key, that relationship to overcoming, you know, exhaustion, overcoming rebellion, temptation, all these things, you know, that have led us to even have the comforts that we do in our you know, modern Western, you know, things like that. Absolutely. And I love that you and I talked b- before about uh, vanity, definitely my favorite sin, Al Pacino. Oh. We have to, be, it's like, right? It's so yeah, true. Another movie reference. Yeah. Vanity, definitely my favorite. I, I don't know if there's anywhere in the Bible where Satan refers to vanity as his favorite sin, but I thought this was a, a, a an apt quote because it's kind of like the initial seeds of rebellion yeah. are that vanity, that desire for control and belief that we're entitled to that control. Absolutely. We're going to be talking a lot more about going astray. We are talking with Philip Elke, and we are talking about going astray. We've got so much more to come, but first, we're going to take a brief pause. We'll be back with you. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy. When it comes to planning for your future, you want an advisor who understands your Christian values. Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson offer financial planning based on biblical principles. They can help you plan for your goals in a way that is consistent with your faith. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson today. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 First Street East in Park Rapids. Ameriprise Financial offers financial services without regard to religious affiliation or cultural background. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. We'd love to hear feedback on the show. Have you heard a guest who inspired you or drew you deeper into relationship with the Lord? Was there a topic that really resonated with you? Do you have a show idea around joy? We would love to hear from you. We want to build a community of joy. Please email Deb at lifefulofjoy.com and put feedback in the subject line. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice, serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. Nourishing Ways by Kelly Joe, personalized nutrition coaching designed to help women ditch dieting for good and cultivate confidence in themselves so they can nourish their bodies with the food they love without the stress and guilt. Hi, I'm Kelly Joe. I have over 20 years working as a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor. Let me help you live the joy-filled life you crave. Contact me today on Facebook at Nourishing Ways, that's W-E-I-G-H-S, or call me today at 218-368-4911. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Philip Elke. Today we are talking about going astray. What happens when we rebel against God and how do we come back to that? And Philip, going into this, we were talking about vanity. We were talking about arrogance. And I'm really curious about why is it that people are reaching for these external things? Like, how is it that we lose hope in God and then we start allowing these other things to just take over? Yeah, it you know, the fall of man, of course, and, and from generation to generation, there's just been difficulty um, really reconnecting with that you know, image that was instilled in all of us. And 
I mean, if you want to look at some of the um, symbolism of the, you know, the fruit and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you know, and a lot of it, a lot of, frankly, our detachment from things of the spirit come, I mean, sure, there's the desires of the flesh, there's material, you know, tactile things, the tangible things that, like, we, we reach for and turn to, uh, you know, money, th- things like that, wealth, um, but also just knowledge itself, um, sort of intellect, uh, valuing our own wiles and our own cognition above you know, I think that's kind of ultimately where where it stems from, and and devising our own laws and means of um, how to how to go about our lives, um, instead of just pausing and listening to the spirit and um, just being guided by resting in Him. You know, allowing God to be our comfort. Yeah, Amen. Well, and I'm I'm thinking about the more that I'm in prayer. The more that I am listening to Christian music, the more that I really can feel that Holy Spirit, the less I'm tempted. Yeah. It's that simple. But yeah. the minute that I start getting away from those things, it's like, oh, those other things look really, really good. And that's what the enemy does. Yeah. I get the whole, these things excite us, uh, these external idols. But after a life of really deriving probably most of my you know, life essence from a lot of those things and, and just the, realizing the limited ability that they have to satisfy. Now, I, I'm thankfully, you know, learning that I feel so much better. Yeah, when I can just pause and be happy without all these external you know, indicators and signifiers. Um, and, and I mean, Paul addresses this heavily in, in Romans. I mean, this is a major go-to area of the Bible for the subject, uh, he kind of discusses the dynamics of the soul, of spirituality, sin, judgment. Like, he kind of covers it all. Um, you know, people love to cite Romans 8. I've got the verse Romans 7, 5, which refers specifically to kind of, you know, the, the love of sin. <laughs> Let's see. For when we were in the realm of the flesh... The sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us so that we bore the fruit, or we bore fruit for death. Uh, that's interesting. Aroused by the law, you know, we're, I mean, taught to revere the law as Christians. And I mean, the Ten Commandments, I mean, talk about what, you know, a, a new covenant, it was just one of the most revolutionary moments in humanity. Um, the revelation of those Ten Commandments. But, you know, of course, there are many other places throughout the Bible, especially the Old Testament, where other commandments are listed. Um, And so, I mean, (laughs) what are the implications of Christ's message in this grace and um, the new covenant where, you know, it was salvation through his sacrifice, ultimately. What do they call that? A blood atonement or... uh, Well, atonement for our sins. I mean, because the bottom line is, you know, he paid the price, the ultimate price, right? Yeah, yeah. And as you're talking about this, like one of the things that just really intrigues me is, once again, the more we seek God, the more we stay in his word, the less appeal those other things have. Mm -hmm. Because our fulfillment comes from God, God's love, God's power. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, 
people can seek and seek and seek these other things, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're empty. They're empty promises. Mm. And that's what the enemy does. This gives us all these empty promises. Oh, if you go and do this, you're going to just feel amazing. Okay, you might for a minute, mm-hmm. maybe even five. And then after that, it's like the drop is horrible. Well, yeah, the the law is something that's, designed to ward against that of course don't do this don't do that do this do that and and we can feel a a tremendous amount of like charge and inspiration from feeling good about ourselves for being able to be obedient and follow the law (laughs) but uh, i think that that similarly only will last for so long if we're not you know accepting christ's love and his sacrifice ultimately um you know these things that tell us you know not to do i mean uh, name name your sin i mean a favorite of mine is you know food has a vice you know gluttony things like that i mean but also like if uh i don't set my heart right you know maybe the opposite could become my love and the you know obsession over say dieting or, or not eating things like that you know for every statute, for every tenet, there's an opposite trajectory that you can end up on that's, uh, that's equally harmful. Yeah. Amen. And I think this is where, you know, as we're inviting people in to strengthen their relationship with the Lord, it's like seek God. I mean, it's, it sounds so simple, but mm-hmm. it's so fascinating to me that we have the answer. We have the solution why do we still keep trying to go out there? What? Because we think we can do it on our own. Mm-hmm. I, it just, it, it's fascinating to me, actually, that as Christian people, and the other piece on this is with regards to the law, I feel like the more we develop relationship with the Lord and really develop that inspiration from his word, we want to do the right things. It's not just we have to, we want to do the right things because we want that purity in Christ. We want what God has to give us. And once we experience that, why would we want anything else? And there's there's definitely that piece as well. I know we wanted to talk about the fact that we don't need to reach for God. He has already reached to us. Mm-hmm. We cannot overstep this. No, I. there's so much in this subject. And, you know, things surrounding um, just you know, why we do what we do ultimately, uh, you know, what, what compels us. Um, but, yeah, the, this desire, you know, either um, rebelling against the law or sort of a hyperfixation on it that um, Paul discusses, it, it, that can create its own arousal towards uh, wanting to sin and wanting to disobey, or it can create vanity, you know, judgment, that, that pharisaical attitude, holier than thou, and that uh, you know, that can be a very uh, significant barrier to people even wanting to, you know, investigate Christ and his sacrifice. But I, I, I would hope, you know, th- this barrier doesn't solidify itself you know as as much as it seems to do so uh but you know i i think um maybe we do overestimate the power of the world to inhibit people from god and from christ because he he, he's just so insistent 
about his mercy and his desire to reach out for those who have gone astray, ultimately. The, the theme of the episode uh, where, <laughs> you know, and there are two passages specifically uh, I thought of for this conversation, you know, the, the prodigal son and, you know, the uh, leaving the 99 to search for the one. Um, it's the prodigal son found in Luke chapter 15. Um, you know, there's the, the son who kind of rebels, goes astray, goes off to a foreign land, but eventually does return. And when he does, there's this sort of like disproportionate response on the part of the father who's just overjoyed. You would almost expect that the, the response wouldn't be quite so enthusiastic, that there might be even some you know, retribution exacted on this prodigal son for being so, <laughs> yeah, disobedient. But, but no, I mean, yeah, the, the, it's just a showering of, of love. Uh, and, and then with the 99, you know, Christ describes in that passage, you know, he rejoices more in the returning of the stray than he does in, you know, just the uh, abidance is that the word Ab- abidance yeah well abiding in in him yeah. and and one of the things that as you're talking about this like obedience god <laughs> just yeah god just wants to love on us and he wants us to love him and it's this god is just seeking us and and mm-hmm. he's not going to stop seeking us no no he yeah not only do we not have to reach for him like we have to reach for all these other things that give us pleasure but uh, yeah, the things that cause us pleasure also cause us suffering, <laughs> frankly. But he he is reaching for us actively. So if you can find that connection with God, it might be difficult at first, but there is nothing you know more palpable because it, it's genuine love that He wants to show us, and He He you know shows it to us in in so many different ways. You know, creation just. And a lot of the joys, the pleasures of the flesh, like these were things that he gave to us, but in context, you know, in moderation, if we follow him, these things will come. There's a season for everything. Seek first the kingdom of God and the rest will follow. Yeah, Amen. It's so true. The bottom line is God can free us from the costly decisions that we can potentially make. Yes. And sometimes we do make. But he's always there. He's going to help us. Like William Wallace. Freedom. (laughs) Freedom. That's right. That's That's so true. Well, Philip, I want to thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. Oh, thanks so much, Deb. This was so fun. I don't know. Hopefully uh, I did okay. (laughs) But it's been good. You (laughs) You did great. I am quite certain that you gave wisdom to people. (laughs) I I definitely love doing the show with you every week behind the console here. So thanks for letting me uh, have rain over the microphone this has been awesome and and just reminding you that we talked about rebellion what makes it so enticing we talked about how we are losing hope in god and allowing those passions to appear seductive but our hope is in jesus christ and that we can reach for god he has already reached out to us three great points covered by philip today thanks so much (laughs) and and thanks for engineering too you got double duty today (laughs) that's right And we want to thank all of you for choosing to listen. We want to remind you to go out, live, share, and lead with joy. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy.
Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.